Let us pray. Father, how grateful we are for Jesus, our risen and ascended Lord. So even now on this night where we commemorate 40 days after Easter, his ascension, we ask, Lord God, that you would come among us, draw us to yourself and teach us of him who rose for us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Good evening, everyone. I would invite you to take out your Bibles or devices with Scripture on them. And you're going to need to kind of toggle back and forth between Luke chapter 24 and Acts chapter 1. Well, as you're well aware at this point, today is Ascension Day. That event, 40 days after Easter, after the resurrection, when Jesus was taken up into heaven right before the eyes of his disciples. On the on the church calendar, Ascension Day always falls on a Thursday because the 40th day after Easter is always on a Thursday. And on Ascension Day, we extinguish, as you just observed following the gospel reading, we extinguish the Paschal candle to remind us that Jesus has now ascended back to his rightful place in heaven. And we enter a 10-day period of expectant waiting for our risen and ascended Lord then to fulfill the promise of the Father that he spoke of to pour out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension, Scripture records that Jesus appeared to groups of his disciples multiple times. He fellowshiped with them. He ate with them. He clearly proved to them that he was physically risen from the dead. As Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says, he proved this to them by many proofs. And he gave them specific instructions during those 40 days. His instructions include the commissioning, commissioning of the disciples in Matthew 28 where, he said, where we read, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And in St. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus also promised these disciples that they would be empowered to be his witnesses. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Just like his crucifixion and his resurrection, the ascension is an essential part of Jesus' earthly ministry. Yet the ascension is often underemphasized. The ascension is an event indeed filled with promise for you and me as believers. And this morning or this evening, rather, what I want to do is spend our time looking specifically at four of these promises that are found in Luke's accounts of Jesus' ascension, both in the gospel bearing his name, the gospel of Luke, and in the book of Acts, which Luke wrote. The first promise of the ascension is this. Jesus' redemptive work is complete. The disciples see Jesus taken up into heaven before their very eyes. And this is not some instance where in a flash he disappears from their sight. Instead, Jesus gradually ascends, eventually being enveloped by a cloud. There is a 
um, a wonderful but kind of strange sculpture of the Ascension that is located in Norfolk, England at the shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham, which is a shrine that both high church Anglicans value and give importance to, as do Roman Catholics. But in the um, one of the chapels at that shrine, and you can go on Google, if you just Google Ascension Sculpture Walsingham Shrine, it will come up. There is this chapel, and on the ceiling is a, is a painting of the sky. And what you have then to represent Christ's ascension is simply his two feet dangling down out of the ceiling with like lightning bolts coming from them. So you've got the sky and just this pair of feet hanging down, sculpted in marble from the ceiling. It's kind of unusual if you look at it. But try to picture the ascension with me. They're near Bethany on the Mount of Olives. He has given them their final instructions, their marching orders for the days ahead, if you will. Luke's gospel says that Jesus lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he was taken up into heaven. We can kind of picture the disciples watching as Jesus moves further and further and further away from them. And they, as Acts says, are looking up intently. They get to the point where they're squinting and holding their hands over their brow to clearly see. And then bit by bit, Jesus disappears into a cloud. This event is the final and the ultimate vindication of Jesus. What his enemies said about him has been demonstrated to be absolutely false. The ascension together with his resurrection is his vindication because it proves him, it proves Jesus to be true. Everything that Jesus said about himself, who he is, what he came to earth to accomplish is completely accurate. We know the value and the truth in what he has said because he has done exactly what he said that he was going to do. Even in Luke 22, verse 69, we read, But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of, power, of the power of God. That from now on, of verse 69 of Luke 22, has now arrived. Jesus, God the Son, is now returning to the Father's right hand What he claimed about himself during his trial some 40 plus days before is all true. He was unjustly tried and executed. He is indeed the eternal son of God. He was not rejected by the father. Instead of being rejected, he is now received to the father's right hand. Jesus, brothers and sisters, is who he said that he is. The promise, Jesus' redemptive work is complete. The ascension is proof of this that you and I can count on. The second promise, Jesus intercedes on our behalf. The ascension, it is important for us to remember that the ascension is not just a departure. The ascension is also an arrival, an arrival back to the right hand of the Father, The conclusion of Jesus' earthly ministry marks the inauguration of his heavenly reign that sets the promises, hear me, that sets the promises of the ascension into motion. And what is Jesus doing from the right hand of the Father? He's making intercession. Intercession on behalf of those who know him as Lord and Savior. Romans 8, verse 34. Who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us.
because Jesus is, inter- has ex- is exalted to the right hand of the Father, we don't have to go to God based on who we are or what we've done or through what anybody else has done. No, if you and I are truly a believer, we approach God through Jesus Christ, through what Jesus Christ has done, through the merits of the sinless Son of God who died for you and me. What incredible assurance that should bring us. What confidence that should fill our hearts with to know that Jesus even now is at the right hand of the Father in the glories of heaven, interceding for you and for me. The promise, Jesus is interceding on our behalf. Third, Jesus empowers us to continue his ministry. Jesus calls you and me, brothers and sisters, to complete his work on earth, to continue his ministry. What an awesome responsibility that is. What a sacred duty he has entrusted to you and to me. In Acts chapter 1, the disciples were standing there gazing into the sky. But God doesn't call us any more than he called them to stand there continuing to gaze. He calls us to work. We are to do the work of God's kingdom. That's what Jesus said. John 14 verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. The ascension is essential in order for us to do the work that Jesus has for us to do. But he doesn't expect us to do this work in our own strength. There is something else that couldn't happen until Jesus returned to the Father. He spoke to his disciples about this in the upper room on the night that he was betrayed. In John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8, Jesus tells them, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And then continuing a little bit further on in verse 13, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take, that is what, take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit could not be poured out in his fullness until Jesus ascended back to heaven. We aren't called. And Jesus does not expect us to finish his work in our own strength. The fact is, we can't. If we try to do the work of God and God's kingdom in our own strength, through human efforts, through merely human plans, through human ways of doing things, it will lead to mere human, earthly, carnal, fleshly results. No, he makes available to us supernatural, God-breathed power from on high to do the work of God. That's what the day of Pentecost is all about. That's why being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important for you and me as believers. And it's why we must desire and seek and want to be filled so that we can finish his work. It's why among Jesus' last words to his disciples before he descended were, And while staying in Jerusalem, we read, he ordered them 
not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus empowers us, and Jesus even now is calling us to finish his work. The fourth promise, Jesus will return in the same way he left earth. This working brothers and sisters is only for a season. Jesus is coming back for everyone who belongs to him. And he's coming back in the same manner in which he left us. That's what the angels told the disciples as he was being taken up into heaven right before their very eyes. Just like in Luke 24, two angels announced to the women at the empty tomb, he is not here for he has risen. As he said, at the ascension, two angels announced to the disciples, basically, he's coming back again in the same way you've seen him taken up into heaven. If you believe in his resurrection and his ascension, you must also believe that Jesus is truly coming again. He's coming back just as he left. Jesus himself promised that he would return in this way. Matthew 24, verses 30 through 31. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Jesus is, is coming again in a cloud of God's glory just as he left us. Because he ascended, you can count on it. The question is, are you ready? Am I ready? Are you truly his? What wonderful, incredible promises are ours as believers because of who Jesus is and because of what he has done and is still doing even right now from his exalted place in the glories of heaven. His work is complete. He's vindicated. He is interceding for you and me right now. He has called us and he has made provision to equip us with God's power to do and to complete his work. And he is coming back again in the same way he left, just as he has promised. The ascension, brothers and sisters, fills us with assurance of each of these promises of God and that they are yes and amen through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the promise we have through Jesus Christ in the ascension. Through our risen and exalted Lord who intercedes for us and empowers us to do his work through the power of your outpoured Holy Spirit until he comes again. So Father, refresh us, renew us, strengthen us by your power for the work that is ahead and give us firm assurance that comes through the reality of our vindicated, risen, and ascended Lord. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen.